Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community and communities create social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Stefan Forbes, whose film Hold Your Fire is premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival. And once again, I can't say enough good about this film. It's, 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 a, it's a story that you're going to need to learn a little bit more about. It's certainly something that I didn't know much about, that's for sure. And I think it, it all goes back to a, a time in history in the, uh, Brooklyn, 1973, where... Uh, some serious lessons were learned by not only the police department at the time, but by, by, I, well, I think the world, I mean, I think there was a, a universal story coming out of this, a universal narrative that, uh, as, as you're going to find out, not only in our conversation uh, or my conversation with Stefan that transcends street justice, but also the, that being a, a narrative, uh, in the film it's, itself. This is, this is a film about, challenging conversations. It's a film about empathy and and the lack thereof for what we would normally call, you know, the bad guys. This is a film about race and, and racism. It's a film about violence and about toxic max masculinity. It's also a film about change and about how you can move not only the conversation forward, but you can actually move the needle on the way uh, we we operate in this world, and so you're going to meet this uh, man, this uh, what I would call very quirky, idiosyncratic uh, academic uh, police officer who who turns sort of the world upside down when it comes to this idea of conversation and dialogue, and says, "Hang on a minute here, maybe we should put the guns down and and have a conversation." And you'll hear him say in the film that there's uh, you know every problem can be solved uh, through uh, a conversation. Um, Stefan has got a, a, a lot of passion, and this is one of those films uh, and one of those interviews where we could have gone on for, for quite, uh, quite a long time. We talk about fear and about safety and about conflict resolution. We even talk about crossing borders and not sure how we got there, but it's still kind of interesting because really we're talking about um, crossing the bridge, right? We're crossing, we're building those bridges, we're crossing them uh, and meeting people uh, hopefully uh, on those bridges at the same time. This is about social uh, change in a very conscious way. It's about bridging uh, that that gap and it's about learning how to to listen 
and it's about learning how to talk to people on the ground. So it was just, it was wonderful to have Stefan on the show. And once again, like I said, uh, one of those conversations that could have gone for on for quite a while. The film's called Hold Your Fire. It's premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival. You're going to want to keep your eye out for it. And it is going to be um, going global, as they say. So so stay tuned. And don't forget davidpecklive.com uh, for more information uh, about my speaking and about my writing. You can get a copy of Real Changes Incremental there. Uh, and also find out more about my podcasting. Face-to-facelive.ca will get you there as well. Everything's under one umbrella now. And you can listen to one of, oh, close to 600 interviews. We've got quite a library there for you to choose uh, from. And we've got a whole, uh, well, quite a few more already sitting in, in in our digital library waiting to go live. And I'm probably going to be doing about 10 more at this year's festival as well. And I'm pretty excited about that. So if you like what we're doing here, please like us uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Sign up for our newsletter. We would love that. Please socially mediate us as much as you possibly can. Get word on the street. Send it to your friends and family. Subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts as well. That's super important. And if you can, take a few extra, no joke, seconds. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. We would so appreciate it. But for now, stay tuned. Listen in. Stefan Forbes uh, and uh, his um, brilliant and compelling and important new film, Hold Your Fire. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a, a very special guest here with us today. We have Stefan Forbes here to talk about his uh, brilliant and insightful and moving new film, Hold Your Fire. Uh, Stefan, thank you for joining me today and kind of kicking off the Toronto International Film Festival for me. So thanks for that. Well, I'll do my best, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're just in town. Any Any issues getting into the city? Well... Uh... We got kicked off our flight because we didn't realize we needed a COVID test. And we spent days trying to get one of our main characters, Shuey Brahim, into Canada. And we realized it was going to be utterly impossible. Uh, so that, you know, these borders are always an interesting question, and especially in a time of global migration. But, you know, for our film, obviously, these four young men who've had the label of cop killers following mm. them all their lives, you know, it's it's sad that none of them could be here, you know, and it just makes you realize even more how we put all these barriers between ourselves and those who we perceive as enemies in society, you know, they're stripped of a lot of their humanity and you know, it's there's so many things making this film that have really caused me to cross borders, to interview these guys, to go up to Attica and Elmira, to cross borders and talk to cops who, you know, people don't usually really seek out their thoughts about their lives and, and their emotional trauma. So it's just more borders we're trying to cross here as filmmakers, which I, I think is kind of our job. I love, uh, Stefan, I love, by the way, congratulations on the film, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, loved it. Uh, I, I don't know if I can say it was entertaining, but 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 it's, it, it is a brilliant film. It, 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 everyone needs to see this for so many reasons. I, I love the line, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the film, the name, Holding Your Fire, 
and I believe this came from one of the negotiators, holding your fire is what negotiation is all about. And, and isn't that really one of the central themes, this idea of listening, of crossing borders, like you just said, global migration, you know, and, and I, so I, you, you, you're taking a lot on in this film, it seems to me. <laughs> I don't even know how I got into global migration. It has nothing <laughs> right. to do with this film, uh, except really that I, I'd been looking for a story about conflict resolution for years. Okay. And I actually traveled to Africa. I shot, you know, in the Rift Valley in Kenya, where these tribesmen are, carry Kalashnikovs on their back. I talked to a lot of conflict resolution people that are working around the world in trouble spots. And conflict is exacerbated by, you know, global warming and war and all these reasons why people have to move and aren't safe where they are, just like the four guys in our film didn't feel safe. And that spurs a lot of violence. So I've been looking for this story to tell for so long. And when I finally found this one, I knew that that I'd hit something. And you know, it was an incredibly different, difficult story to tell just because it, it touches all these deeply human uh, points. Yeah, it's a story about this weekend in Brooklyn, but it's also a story about all of us, frankly. And sure, we have problems with our policing. We desperately need to fix that. But those problems are just a symptom of the deeper problems in America around race and violence and toxic masculinity and this anti-intellectualism we've had from the beginning where we think violence is a way to solve problems which we inherited as a lot of our cultural heritage from ireland and england you know so it goes really deep but this idea that we can all learn to hold our fire is i believe in a as you said a very dark film it's an incredibly hopeful note that the film ends up. I love, I love that a film uh, about this tragic time in 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 the United States history, and and because it's just a smaller, uh, real smaller narrative of of a greater conversation conversation, greater narrative going on, not just in the U.S. but around the world, is is in a way ultimately. Um, about so many things, like any great doc, but about patience, Stefan. I love that, you know, that that's what you're, you, I think, as a director, are asking me to be patient with my, my coworkers, the law enforcement people that I meet, my teachers, my, my parents, my whoever. And I, and you know, it's, it's an extension of that. Can't we all just get along and not in an idealistic way? I didn't see that at all, but in a realistic and rooted way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons I love this film is, you know, a lot of filmmakers share that belief that, that you and I probably have. Can't we all just get along? But it's so hard to talk about this stuff without being corny. Right. And so here's a story full of guns and violence and really the inability to, to connect on any level that is tragic. Uh, it's a way to to tell the story visually without all the preaching and the and the you know Mr. Rogers kind of message. That's why I got so excited when I heard about this story because we can get into this this really deep stuff about, like you said, being patient, not firing at the people around us, not 
reacting to the world in a defensive way, not always trying to defend ourselves and use the violence of language or rhetoric. This is true for our families, you know, mm. parenting is huge. And, and one of the hostage negotiators talks about that in the film. And he's not joking, as any parent will tell you. You have to learn how to hold your fire to preserve your human connection with your kids or your spouse or your significant other. We all need to learn how to do this. And again, not to say that this film isn't about policing, but I'm excited that it has a deeper message that we can all, we watch this film and over the course of, of 90 minutes, maybe we'll come out thinking like, wow, maybe I can use a few of these techniques in my own life and in my own society to heal some of these horrible rifts and issues that, that, that are hurting us today. You know, Fascinating that I learned so much about, about how sort of this idea of nego negotiation kind of took place and started to, to grow out of this. Harvey, uh, Harvey is quite a character. Uh, uh, the way that, you know, as you, as he comes off, off in the film is quite a character. It seems to me the, the clutter on his desk uh, behind him when you're, you know, you're interviewing him, I think gives us some insight into the academic, I suppose that he is, but doesn't he say at a point earlier on in the film that, you know, every problem can be solved through conversation or every problem can be solved through dialogue. And doesn't that presuppose uh, uh, an embrace of of one kind or another yeah and it's a very jewish thing to say too you know in the beginning was the word mm. you know it's a very literate culture and here you have this man whose family came from russia around a little after the turn of the century fleeing the pogroms you know so they had this experience of being surrounded by hostility and violence and people mm. with big guns and that's exactly the experience that Shuaib and these guys had inside that building that they blundered into. So Harvey had an instinctive empathy and kinship for these guys, even though they're from totally different walks of life. And, you know, I'm glad you brought him up because it's just a fascinating character that really in the world is. of the NYP. Yeah. In this authoritarian police world with a top down, you know, macho culture of manhood and violence and, you know, using force to uphold the laws and protect private property. I mean, the police are tasked with a very conservative brief, you know, that's their role in society. And when I found out that within this world, uh, there's these big macho, mostly Irish guys, here's a 99 pound Jewish intellectual who's a radical pacifist and is trying to teach them deep listening and empathy. Like, oh my God, tell me more. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, I felt as, I want to talk about fear in a second because I think it really uh, obviously is a, a, a theme of the film and a fear on all sides, it seems to me. Um, and, but but did you sense, and I certainly I did, a, hmm, even in your interviews, I don't know how long your interviews with those police officers took place over, was it hours or a few days, but I almost felt as if in your editing, we see a bit of a progression. We see a bit of a change in their, in their demeanor, in their character. And I love that, Stefan. I love that there's a redemptive element to your editing, if that makes any sense. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm a... I'm so glad you noticed that. And I'm a believer in letting these arcs show through perhaps kind of subtly in a film. I mean, you don't want to hammer that stuff over the head. And I actually really wrestled with um, letting that final soundbite of of Al Baker's Mm. play in the film where he says, you know, we've seen him have this moving experience watching Shuaib and talk about his spiritual journey. And we think, oh, my God, it's all going to end happily. And Al loves Shuev. And no, actually, he still believes they should be executed. And that was a shocking moment for me in the room. And I did grapple with, is that what I want to leave people with? Is that, you know, too depressing? Uh, but ultimately, you know, my producer, Tia, and I really decided, hey, this is reality and let's not go for some fake kumbaya ending. You know, here's a guy who's profoundly moved by these young men's journey and still believes they should be murdered. Uh, So we need to grapple with that as a society. I truly believe we need to have these messy conversations. So I want to put it all in there if I can, but I saw movement on everyone's side as they learned about the story. And you know, 47 years later, as they learned facts, they never knew. And in the, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say exactly. I, I went back and I read a couple of New York Times pieces and I tried to do a little bit of research around it. And and yeah, I, I get the sense that that you were revealing some things for some of those folks that they they hadn't a either thought of before or or weren't aware of at all. 
Yeah, and for such a watershed event in the NYPD, many of them still actually believe these guys were members of the Black Liberation right, Ar- right. Army, which is just crazy misinformation. Uh, but a lot of them, a lot of the hostages believed stuff that wasn't true too. Uh, they had never really seen the gunmen talk about why they were in there. You know, our society and our legal system leaves very little wiggle room for people to have empathy for a so-called bad guy, as the cops love to call them. Sure. So they never hear the other side of the story. They don't know what was going on. And, you know, as they learn that stuff, I could see people changing in front of me. I could see their stances changing. I could see their wheels turning. And hopefully that's just a microcosm of the effect that the film will have for people out in the world. I mean, we meet these guys as, you know, these horrible, merciless killers. That's how they're introduced to us. And hopefully by the end, we uncover a a very different. uh, Well, I I, I would argue, I hope, I hope we see a little bit of ourselves, you know, and, and, and a lot that, that will then allow us to take some next steps towards, I don't know, again, corny, idealistic, but more inclusive, uh, a stronger kind of embrace and uh, a greater sense of empathy and love for the other. I want to talk about Ben Ward. We've got limited time, but I wanted to ask you, wasn't it one of the police officers who said, um, you know, violence is a weakness and we've got to, we've got to transcend this idea of street justice. Wasn't one of that, one of the cops that said that? That's Al Baker. That's the most macho. Yeah, that's like, right. That's what I thought. In the whole movie. And at the end, he, he says, well, yeah, this guy Harvey does have a point, you know, and it's a different kind of manhood. You know, it's a yeah. quiet strength, you know, it's yeah. not an explosive type of strength. And so for him to put that out there is really meaningful because hopefully, you know, this film can help redefine what being a man is because mm, in America we're inundated with these ridiculous notions of, you know, strength being equated to violence when it's really not, it's really easy to blow your top and lash out. And it's much more difficult to go through this whole process that Harvey and, and hostage negotiators like Jack Cambria take us through in the movie. It's a radically different vision of what it is to be a man and to have strength. I'm so always, I'm glad I'm you always, brought that up. Yeah, Stefan, I'm always fascinated by uh, a guy like Harvey and how, how, how did he get to that place? And obviously, I mean, he could probably be the, the topic for a great film as well. I would imagine unpacking his story. But why, you know, the shots of the police, the, the tank or the armored carrier, the buses, the people, the guns, like talk about what appeared to be a massive overreaction. It seems to me like none of those folks were thinking about listening to these you know, these four men, right? And then he steps in and says, no, we got to turn this whole thing upside down. You know, it just, it's amazing to me that some, the Rosa Parks of the world, you know, she sat in a different place on the bus and changed history on, on so many levels. Why, why Harvey and not someone else? You know, it's a big question, uh, but, but it's, it's a fascinating one to me. And I, I'm so glad you bring it up in the film. Thank you. Hey, now we're not scared of the big questions here. Uh, <laughs> nice. And when you look at Rosa Parks, you know, people think she was just some little old lady who happened to sit in that seat. No, she was chosen by a coalition of very wise people who were studying society and who were 
creating social change in, in a very conscious way. And similarly, Harvey didn't just stroll into the, you know, police precinct with a dashiki on and a bundle of books under his arm for <laughs> love beat. Harvey, Harvey was a beat cop for years. He was a yeah, traffic yeah. cop and he got his PhD in night school at Yeshiva University. I mean, this guy paid his dues and did a lot of work in order to reach out and bridge that gap with the mm. other cops. And we talk a lot about, you know, how we want to change the police. Harvey was able to make such change through a top-down authoritarian stance where the commissioner said, it's this way or the highway. Right. Anyone fires their gun at this scene, you're in trouble. You're going to be brought up on charges. And people talk about that today is we need that kind of buy-in from the upper levels of the police department where we can make all the recommendations we want. But if you if you kill somebody, if you use your gun when you shouldn't, you're in deep doo-doo. That's what we need. And we see it in the film. And that's how Harvey was able to make such change. He was allied with the people at the top that wanted him to be doing it. And there was a receptive audience coming again out of these horrible incidents like Attica, Munich, and Dog Day Afternoon, which we talk about in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we, we got to wrap up in a couple minutes. And uh, for me, this is the kind of conversation that could go what uh, one of the things I love about doing what I do, uh, Stefan is meeting people like you storytellers like you, who are uncovering things for all of us. And honestly, I could sit for a couple of hours with an open bottle of wine and just go, okay, can somebody hit record? Take we'll take the Terrence Malick approach and just keep recording, you know, let's um, do it. Let's ben, do it. Ben, ben Ward. Ben Ward, I mean, to me at the time, I mean, he was a, he was pretty high level. He goes on to become a commissioner. Uh, doesn't he at one point appear in front of the, 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 the store with no arms, with his arms up? Isn't he also one of those, I guess you wouldn't call him a top-down figure, but getting closer to the top that clearly had an influence. And again, I'm so glad you in, in included him in the film because I, I, I'm going to do some more digging to find out more about this guy. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought him up again. You know, it's our responsibility as filmmakers, you know, to go back and really study what happened, talk to people who really were there, who lived it. You know, this is a tradition in history that goes back from Studs Terkel and Zora Neale Hurston back to Herodotus. You talk to the people on the ground, find out the real story. You can't just read the New York Times. Uh, much as it saddens me to say that. Uh, so we learned about Ben Ward and it was super hard getting him into this movie. But, you know, I realized here's a guy who had this huge impact and who history had kind of been neglecting. And he did things that were so inventive, thinking way out of the box for his time. He actually invited this radical lawyer, this Black Panther lawyer, right, Gerald right, Lefkowitz, which is so great. scene. Yeah, I mean, he was, and he still, I didn't understand what Ben Ward had done until I talked to some of these cops who still hate the guy. Right. He's still persona non grata among any cop of that era because he was a cop for the Panther, he was a lawyer for the Panther 21. They hated this guy, yet Ben Ward risked his own reputation to bring Gerald Lefcourt in there in the hopes that he could get them to pick up a walkie and start the process of communication in a really dramatic moment, you know? 
I, I love that your film includes walkie talkies. It's just, there's no cell phones in this movie. This is, <laughs> can you imagine what negotiation would have been like back in the seventies if we had cell phones? Um, uh, Stefan, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I got to We got to wrap up. I, I, I'm thrilled for you. Uh, I, I hope your yeah, the film is received well. I'm sure it will be. Uh, congratulations again. I, you know, holding your fire, is what negotiation is all about. I mean, it, 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 it really is. And thank you for, for the story and, and, and for your time today, I I'm, I'm actually going to be in town and uh, for a couple of days. So who knows, maybe, maybe we'll cross paths, but um, yeah, thank, thanks again for this film and, and uh, Hey, really quick, what's, what's next for you other than of course, hold your fire. Um, we have a couple of super exciting projects, which nice. I'm not allowed to talk about, under pain <laughs> right. right. Uh, but you'll be the first to know. That's great. Hey, listen, one, wonderful chatting with you uh, today. Thank you so much for joining me on Face to Face. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, Stefan Forbes here on Face to Face talking about his new film, Hold Your Fire, and a whole lot of other things. This is a movie you're going to want to check out. It's a story you're going to want to step into. I've learned a ton, not only because I uh, saw the film, but did some research and also had this wonderful uh, conversation with Stefan as well. World premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, coming soon, it seems to me, to a digital uh, theater of one kind or another near you. So uh, check it out. This is a, this is a film about uh, a lot of things. It's about reconciliation. It's about it's about listening and it's about uh, finding a space for for others and um, um, creating you know uh, I was gonna say a space for embrace wow that's kind of corny but I I think you know what I mean you know bringing others into that that circle and you know the reality is they're already there we just gotta sometimes pay a little more attention don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my uh, podcasting uh, face to face live.ca will get you there as well. You can read about my speaking and my writing, get a copy of Real Changes Incremental uh, there as well, and see the whole library uh, we have there uh, on face to face as well, which is coming up on 600 interviews. There's lots there to choose from and listen to, and about 10 more in the library, digital library, waiting to go live. And, and about eight or 10 I'm going to be doing at the Toronto Festival this year, Toronto Film Festival this year, which I'm super excited about. Don't forget to like us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we would love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes as well. Coming, um, well, not coming right up. You've just listened to it, but that was Stefan Forbes and his uh, compelling new film, Hold Your Fire. Thanks for listening to Face to Face one more time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com